This one habit saved my Etsy shop. What is this habit? It is the way that I brought trends to Etsy and then protected my position as the market leader. Most Etsy gurus will teach you how to go to Everbee, find the best sellers, and then copy them to try to become a market leader just like they are, but that method really doesn't work. Instead, in today's video, I'm going to talk to you about how you can actually become the market leader by bringing the trend to Etsy yourself, and then how you can protect your position as as the market leader when other people are trying to take market share. Out of the $1.5 million in revenue that I've generated, over a million dollars is from doing this exact method. So if you are new here, welcome back to my channel. My name is Dylan Jarris and I'm an Etsy seller of about seven years and my entire background is corporate e-commerce. So I worked for companies like Zappos and Zulily and my background is really on the buying, planning, forecasting, pricing strategy, product development side of things. So I apply all of that knowledge to Etsy. And that is why what I say about Etsy might be a little bit different than other things you've been hearing. So today we're going to talk about a huge habit that you should be implementing in your Etsy business. And it also might require that you break another habit. Now the habit I'm talking about breaking is the Everbee chasing bestsellers habit. We don't want to do that because by the time something is on Everbee as a bestseller, you are way too late to the game. You will constantly be chasing, chasing, chasing. And if you're constantly chasing market leaders, how are you ever going to become a market leader? You're just looking for the next thing, the next trend. By the time a trend is on Etsy, it is way too late. Etsy is one of the last places to get trends, first of all. Second of all, by the time it's trending on Everbee, it's way, way, way too late. So instead, I'm going to talk about how to bring those trends to Etsy and then how to protect your position once people realize you're becoming a market leader with those trends. And if you'd like to understand this on a deeper level, just reach out to us. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Dylan Jarris, and we can chat more about this process there. Number one thing you need to do is look for trends outside of Etsy. So where do you look? I would say two main places. Pinterest is number one. Out of probably the three biggest trends that I brought to Etsy, two out of the three times, those came from Pinterest inspiration. The third biggest trend that I brought to Etsy was from the influencer market. So I am talking about primarily influencers, 24 years old, up to probably 40. These are typically mommy influencers, people who are becoming moms, having kids, the people who they're influencing are people who likely have jobs, have careers going, they have money to spend. It's a great, great influencer market to sell to. So those are the two places to focus on finding those trends. I've never gone to ever be to find a bestseller to copy, not once. Just to show you don't need to do that. I've seen over and over again that it doesn't really work long-term. The first reason that this ever be chasing model doesn't work is because you're seeing a trend way too late in that trends cycle. So it's already come to Etsy and it's already grown enough on Etsy to be flagged on Everbee as a bestseller. The second thing, simply chasing bestsellers. It is something that people see it as kind of like a get rich quick thing, right? But it is not a long-term business model. The third thing is you will never come up with anything unique because you're just copying other people's ideas. You're not using your own mind. You're trying to leverage the ideas of other people. There's gonna be nothing unique if you're just copying. The fourth thing, which I see all the time, is that you end up with this shop that has a totally mismatched aesthetic. When your criteria for what goes in your shop is, okay, it's a bestseller somewhere else, so I'm gonna put that in my shop, you end up doing that from a multitude of shops and then your shop's overall appearance looks like a flea market. And the reason is because it wasn't your vision that's directing it. And when you have a vision for your shop, that guides the aesthetic. But if your only vision is who has a bestseller, I'm gonna pull that into my shop, I'm gonna do that, that's not a cohesive vision and the designs end up looking 
super mismatched. You're like, this does not go with that. Is that really the same person who made that design and that design? The customer can definitely tell that it wasn't the same mind that thought of those two ideas. And the last reason we don't want to do this is because you will never become a market leader by doing this. And that is just because you are chasing market leaders, but you don't have the track record and credibility behind your shop and your listings to take that market share and to trick people into thinking that you were the original. Instead, we want to look to Pinterest, influencers, and third thing is premium brands. Why is this? You want to catch the trends before they make it to Etsy. And what does that do in a practical sense? I became a leader very quickly in the wedding and nursery floral space. That was like the first thing I did with two of my three biggest trends that I brought to Etsy. And then the third thing was in the apparel space. And I identified some apparel trends from influencers before those trends ever made it to Etsy. When you bring a trend to Etsy, you will see there are a lot of fast followers, right? There are a lot of shops that are trying to ride on your coattails. And what you'll see with the fast followers, because it wasn't their original idea, the execution is usually typically pretty poor, sometimes like kind of pathetic. It's usually not even something to worry about. So how do you really bring a trend to Etsy and do it in a way where you're not going to get copied and have your market share taken? Well, you do it in a way that is fast. You light the thing on fire and you just like go crazy with it. You have to cement your position in search results. And I don't mean just get a bestseller badge. I mean, cement your position. You need to just go guns blazing, like right out the gate. The way you do this is a fully optimized listing, perfect SEO, a high converting description in the right pricing strategies at the right times. These are all levers you need to be pulling at the same time to have a really strong launch with a trend on Etsy to the point where you solidify and cement your position in search results. If you ever have been on Etsy and you see listings at the top of search results that are terrible, like they have terrible SEO, they are not optimized listings, and yet they just keep sticking at the top of search results. You're like, my listing looks way better. Why are they up there? Usually it's because they have completely cemented their place in search. They got a really high order velocity when they launched. It's just is really difficult for anyone to beat the revenue history of that listing. So we need to get your revenue history built up really, really fast so that it's hard for anyone to catch you. It's really not that difficult once you've identified a trend and you're ready to bring it to Etsy. And I've seen this happen over and over again with students of mine. I've had over 1400 people who we've helped through my program. If you go hard out the gate and you build up that revenue history, you'll see like tons of fast followers, right? One of my students is on track for 30K this month. She has people copying her constantly, right? Trying to rip off her listings, but they just cannot catch up because she was the first and she really established that revenue history in her listings. So how do you prevent a copycat from taking market share? The number one thing you can do is to deter them from even trying. The way we do that is through perception, perception of the challenge it would be. We want them to perceive that it would be near impossible for them to take market share. That's the first line of defense. And typically this works pretty well. Basically you need your value proposition to be unbeatable. And that is the combination of your listing photo and your price. So you want that to look like an incredible value where when a potential competitor sees that, they see the picture, they see that price, they're like, how is she doing that? I can't compete. Because they're scrolling through looking for opportunities where they could take market share and they know they're gonna have to be a little bit cheaper in order to take market share. If they feel like they can't undercut you in price, there's no way they could even match your pricing, then they usually won't even try. And they'll likely move on and keep looking for an opportunity where they could compete. So the way we protect ourselves is through variations. And the thing is these sneaky potential copycats, they're not clicking into every single listing and seeing which variation is the cheapest that's lowering the perceived price in search results. They're not
you're not going into every listing and looking at your variations. So what you need to have is a variation that is going to lower the perceived starting price point. What you don't want to do because other shops will recognize this is having like a $3 sticker in the listing that is a photo of a $50 sweatshirt. They're going to realize, oh, she's doing something weird here. They're going to see right through that. What you should do instead is maybe have a t-shirt variation within that listing that is bringing the starting price point to like $25, right? And the sweatshirt might be $45. Well, that could very well be the price point of someone who's making that sweatshirt themselves at home. The price point and then the item in the listing photo, it's very believable. Competitors will scroll through this, realize they probably can't compete and they'll move on. But the other thing you want to do to really cement your position in search results is to dominate on social media when you launch these trends. It's going to increase your order velocity way faster than just relying on Etsy alone. You could just let it grow organically on Etsy or even do Etsy ads, but that still requires that the people on Etsy are spotting it as a trend. Social media is much more trend focused than Etsy and the trends pick up first on social media. Bring them over to your Etsy shop. It will really ramp up your order velocity and your revenue history on that listing. So the ways that I do this are Facebook and Pinterest, two easiest ways to do this. Now, Facebook works fast. Pinterest is the long game. Facebook is the rapid, rapid growth. Pinterest is the longer, more sustainable growth. But Pinterest is worth it because it leads to sustained growth for years and years to come. And I had over 50% of my traffic coming from Pinterest at certain times due to this strategy with trends. There is a lot more to this, to finding trends before they're on Etsy, specifically with Pinterest and influencers. And we didn't even really talk about premium brands right now, but I really recommend trying to build this habit of being a trend setter in the Etsy space. If you're interested in learning more about how to spot the trends, how to bring them to Etsy and how to protect yourself as a market leader with the trends, just leave a comment below. Let us know if you are looking for that type of help and we will reach out to you. All right, we'll see you guys in the next video.